Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another version of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And if you were here last week, uh, you heard a great interview with Don Keithley, my friend and mentor, who has been a great inspiration for me for several years now. And I was so happy that he could be here for the 100th broadcast of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And he's back now for the 102nd one. And I'm just, I'm so excited about that. Every week I interview someone that comes out on Thursdays and then on Tuesdays, I do a podcast of my own, and many of them sound like what Don teaches because I get a lot of stuff I learned from Don. <laughs> so, <laughs> so welcome back, Don. I'm glad you could Thank be with you. us again. <laughs> it's good to be here, man. I sure enjoyed last week and felt like we covered some good ground, but we didn't get everything done we wanted to do, so maybe today we can hit some more things. Well, yeah, I, I'm certainly hopeful. And you're going out now that uh, that you're not at the church full-time anymore. We're, you're not at the church at all anymore, but you do the, right. the digital community on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock and right. Wednesday night live at 8 o'clock, which uh, so many— you have, what, 1,500, 2,000 people watching on Sunday mornings? Yeah, it generally, not, of course, not everybody watches it Sunday morning like you there in church or doing other things. But usually there's a couple of thousand by the end of the week that watch the, the Sunday morning. Sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more, just depends. But yeah, that's probably a fair number. And many of them interact with you and comment. And I know you get, you're faithful to get back in touch with people and... You know, it almost gets overwhelming at times because many people just send you a message and have a question about a scripture, a question about what they're going through. or So it takes me some time every week, and I just made up my mind that's part of having a digital cathedral, being a, you know online pastor, so to speak. Take time, nurture people, help them, encourage them, and uh, answer the questions on some of those tough scriptures that you and I wrestled with when we were coming yeah. out of that uh, walk from religion to revelation. So, yeah. Basically, they're about the same questions all the time and the same scriptures. It seems like we nail scriptures hard in our religious life and we all knew them. And now all of a sudden, when the paradigm gets switched, we don't know how to fit those scriptures into our, our belief system anymore. Yeah. One of my pet peeves, I guess I'm bearing my heart here, but I, uh, you know, I'll post something on Facebook as you do a lot. You're really great at that. And sometimes people will. All they'll reply is with a scripture reference. Oh, yeah. And they, they expect us, everybody watching that, to know what they mean from that. And I'm thinking, dude, you know, they're with 40,000 denominations yeah, and yeah. all of these different, uh, we don't know exactly where you're coming from there. <laughs> I don't usually, when they do that, I usually don't give it too much time because I'm thinking, if you're too lazy to type the scripture out and to tell me what, what your slam is on it, I really don't have the time to come back and look it up. And then try to figure out what you were trying to say through that. So I don't know why people do that. I guess, well, I know why they do it. They think, well, if you just read this scripture, this would put a dagger to the heart of what you're saying. 
and totally prove that what you're saying is wrong. So just read yeah. this scripture. Yeah, that will fix us. <laughs> yeah. This is a Well, I got that off my chest. I'm glad Don. you read yourself of that, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Manifesting as sons of God, which I'm going to paraphrase that, Christ living as us. We could say it lots of different ways. But you said last week that's on your heart. That's uh, what you're going to be talking about. Us manifesting as a son of God, as Christ was a son of God. What does that look like to you? It looks exactly like 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Now, there's your scripture. Go look it up. No, well, I know what it says. As he is in this world, so are you. Yeah, exactly. You were posting that some. I think manifesting as a son of God looks exactly like Jesus. You know, the things that Jesus did. Matter of fact, Jesus said, the things that I do, you'll do also. But then he put the caveat on. He says, even greater things than I do, you'll yeah. do also. So, I mean, it began to grip me last year. Well, if we're sons of God, we should be seeing some of these things manifest. So how does this begin to unfold? Because Romans eight nineteen says that all of creation is standing on tiptoed expectation, mm -hmm. looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. Mm -hmm. So I begin to study this word out, sons, and there's a lot of variations to it. But I think the bottom line is that we need to begin to know by revelation how to produce what he produced. For example, I noticed Jesus never prayed for anything for himself. Mm. He never prayed for uh, payment on his donkey, never <laughs> prayed for rent, never prayed for you know financial needs, health. He never prayed for anything for himself. He didn't pray for people. And, but when it came to him, he trusted well, he said in John, all things that the Father has are mine. Mm. If you knew that everything that God had was at your disposal, why would you pray for anything? You'd be able to draw on that. So mm. I've, I've been getting some insight on how we begin to draw on that account in very practical ways. And I think this is where I believe God is taking us now as grace people that have now come through the love of God, the finished work of the cross, mercy that endures forever. We're looking at Luke chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And this is how a son manifests, because he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free. All these things are the ways that sons manifest, as well as having our own personal needs met. So when I come to Lawrence, I want to talk about what process we can come through, how we can begin to see this. And I've said, Lord, you know what? I've got to be able to manifest myself before I can tell other people to do it. Otherwise, we're just talking theory. We're talking concept. We're talking good ideas. We need some practicals in this. The body of Christ, there are men that are ready for the practicals on how to be as you are in this world. It's, it can't be just a good verse we read. It, it's got to be yeah. where the rubber meets the road. Can you give us an example of something in your life? Okay, well, I've been praying for, uh, I've been thinking about X number of enrollments every month for Global Grace Seminary. So I felt like the Spirit of God said, okay, now your imagination is the connector between what you see and what you don't see. He said, the first thing you have to begin to do is to see those X number of enrollments every month. And you have to not just see them, you have to believe that you're in possession of them. All right. Then he then he said, you need to begin to confirm that with the words of your mouth. If you're seeing it, whatever you see, you can possess. Mm -hmm. Now, some of this goes back to our old word in faith and charismatic mm -hmm. teaching, because we, we learn a lot about confess. Sure. Okay, but now with the background we have, this comes at a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. 
Lord began to tell me that the things you think are impossible today, you'll look on tomorrow and they'll be easy. Mm. And I go, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm all ears. So he said, you got to begin to see it. And he said, you need to use your imagination. You need to meditate. You need to dwell on it until you, you see the picture crystal clear of exactly what it is you want. And you need to spend some time on, on really getting a, a, a handle on what it is, because most people just flippant what they want or they would like to have, but they haven't really zeroed in on it. And he said, you need to begin to align that with the words of your mouth, because that's faith comes by hearing, but it's released by saying. And then the third part was we need to begin to act, act on it as though it already were. Faith is a substance that things hold for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So we need to begin to now within ourselves not only see it, say it, but possess it. And that's going to create a way that we walk. The persona that we put out is going to begin to emit from us a certain air and spirit that attracts to us what it is that we're really looking for. I notice everything in the life of Jesus that he needed was attracted to him. He didn't chase anything down. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was drawn to him. People were drawn to him. People that had needs were drawn to him. The disciples were drawn to him. Jesus didn't have to run after everything. It came to him. And we begin to look back at how he came through this. And he, he very definitely had an idea where he was going and what he needed. And he only said what he heard the father say. He only did what he saw the father do. So we're talking about the doing and the saying. I mean, just begins to fit together. So, I, you know, I'm not telling you that I'm an expert at this. But I'm telling you that it's time for the sons of God to manifest. That's the message today, I think, that we have developed in our, our walk, our grace walk, to where now it begins, it has to begin to become evident to the world. And this is what's going to attract the world is when we can do the stuff, when we can actually live it out and walk it out ourselves. So there has to be somebody break through the barrier. Yeah, boy, that's tremendously exciting. And and Don, I, as you were saying that, I heard you say some of the same things last night on Wednesday Night right. Live. But as you're saying that, I'm just starting to see little groups of people getting together, whether it's in a coffee shop or a, a neighborhood bar or somebody's uh, home right. or whatever, sharing stories yes. of things that have happened in their life. Yeah. Where yeah. And not to pat themselves on the back or say, hey, look at me, but saying, Hey, this is what Jesus did. This is how, this is what happened. And I manifested as a son of God. And it was nothing. I know it wasn't me because I couldn't do that. I've never been able to do that. And I didn't even think about it. <laughs> when you begin to visualize it and you begin to say it, he begins to take you in ways that you didn't consider in what you need to do to make this come about. Yeah. Or he begins to send it through channels that you didn't expect. Yeah. See, that's not our job. His job is to produce it. Our job is to connect the natural to the seen to the unseen. I'm really beginning to see how our imagination, our visualization is a huge bridge into that dimension that we have to see it to possess it. I mean, that was the way with grace. We really saw grace before we ever really possessed it. Yeah. But over a period of time, we possessed what we saw. Yeah. And now you couldn't take it away from us. It's mine. Yeah. I own, right? I can exercise that grace anytime I want to. Yeah. I can exercise it towards you, the guy at the store. People can be mean to me. I can exercise grace. I can exercise mercy. Yeah. Because it was just something I saw. But now 
It's me. Yeah. And I think that same thing works in natural things as in those theological truths that we've now integrated into our life. Yeah, it does. Well said. And, and, uh, you know, some of the old terms that we used are still very apropos, like trust. I mean, you know, we, we, uh, and faith, we, we know it's the faith of Christ, but, uh, Sometimes before, I was guilty of uh, just saying, well, you just got to trust in God. Well, that's true, but <laughs> but when you yeah. al- when you also listen to Christ in you, and as you said, you say it and you speak it and you start to visualize it and start to see it, then that puts a little meat on the bones of just saying trust. Yeah, I think like the word trust in faith, what we really were trying to do is to develop trust in our trust. Yeah, or yeah. faith in yeah. our faith. Yeah. But we, you know, my faith is not in me. My faith is in his ability. Yeah. It's not in my ability to perform anything that he asked me to do. It has to be his faith. And so I have faith in his faith. Yeah. I don't have much in mine anymore. <laughs> yeah. I used to have faith in my faith. And felt, you know, and I think we felt the obligation to do it. To think that if we weren't healed, it was because we lacked faith. It was all on us. He's done his part. Now you need to do your part. I can't do any part of it. No. And, when I release that, my faith now has to be in his. Isn't that what Abraham had? Yeah. He, he had faith in his ability. His body was dead, but he had faith in the one that promised him. Yeah. And so if he doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. But my part is to come into agreement and bridge that gap between that world and this world. Yeah. And that's what Jesus came to do, didn't he? He came to bridge yeah. the Father to yeah. us. And I think that's now what we, we're to do is to bridge the kingdom to natural man and help him to see that there is no separation anymore. We bring the two together for him. Yeah, no, that's great. Don, you said uh, now you're able to give grace to your wife, kids, other people that you see, somebody on the street or whatever. Have you found it harder to give grace to yourself than to other people? You know, in the very beginning, I did. it was in 2003, 2004, 2007, 2000, it probably was. And I think that's because of the religious background that we have to be hard on ourselves, to be hard on ourselves. And also, I had a lack of identity. I didn't know my authentic identity. Mm. I had an identity based on what I thought I should be or what I thought other people thought I should be. When I didn't measure up to what I expected of myself, I didn't give myself any grace. I was hard on me. But the beautiful part of this message is I really like me. Yeah. (laughs) And I accept me the way I am, which creates an environment to change. My favorite definition of grace is that grace is a divine influence that produces an effortless change as we rest in him. Grace has changed me more effortlessly than I ever did for 50 years trying to modify my behavior. Mm. I, I never was very successful at that and it produced a lot of guilt and frustration. He's changed me a lot. And it hasn't been through anything that I've done or tried not to do. It's just his divine influence that has created that effortless change as I've understood grace more and more. And grace gets bigger and bigger all the time. Oh, doesn't it? Well, and that goes back to uh, this all ties in together, of course, but it goes back to manifesting as sons of God. I I have a family member that is just a wonderful person, and I'm very close to her as I am to everybody in my family. She's not where we are in our understanding of finished work and grace. However, I'm giving away now who it is. However, she, when we get together, she lives in another state, will say, 
I don't agree with you theologically, but you're sure different than you used to be. Yeah, there you go. And you yes. know, says, I, I like yes. the difference in you. <laughs> and yeah. boy, yeah. And, and, yeah. and to me, because I know that it wasn't me because I tried very, I tried. I'm, I think like you, you know, I, I want to please God. I want to do well. I want to be a good person. You know, I want to be a good father, all those things. And, you know, and I work and work and work and I would try not to, you know, get angry and upset. And, uh, I could maybe get a little better, but then it would erupt at the wrong time. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, know you, I know that you, you think part of it is because you and I no longer have a security in our belief system. And a lot of people that say, I don't agree with you theologically, it's because that's where their security is. Yeah. My security is in Christ. Yeah. Not in a particular theological system. So when you, yeah. when, you, when, you dem- when you come with a message of grace, it shakes a theological system. And when the person's security is there, all of a sudden, they're very insecure. So the reaction is they're going to argue with you. They're going to dispute. And or like your relative, they're going to say, I don't agree with you, but I sure like what I see. Yeah, that's exactly right. I have a journal. It's not a, it's not a book. It's just a folder with a lot of notes that I've, I've written and I keep in. And one of them that I read every day that the Lord impressed upon me a couple, three months ago was, was Paul, how arrogant it is to think that your ministry is to convince other people to believe like you. Right. Your job is to help people know me and hear from me. Yes. It has nothing to do with what you believe. Boy, does that take the pressure off. <laughs> like somebody takes the weight off of your shoulders. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I was a good salesman, I would, and I would close hard on Sunday morning, you know, because <laughs> what you talked about at Sunday dinner, how many people raised their hand, how many people prayed the prayer, and I convinced them. You know, I convinced yeah. them they needed to change. So that was, that was a pat on the back. Yeah. But it's so nice to be out from under that. Yeah. Great sermon, Pastor. You really beat me up today. I <laughs> I think I've read somebody post, uh, if you went to church today and came out feeling worse than you went before, run from there. I, I can't remember who it was that posted that, but I think I'm looking at him. <laughs> like a heretic. <laughs> oh, gosh. There are a lot of people that go to church. I remember people coming to me and saying, that was such a good message. You stepped all over my toes. You really got in my business today. And I go, well, good. I'm glad that I really messed you up, you know, and that was a good message. It's almost like people are some kind of masochistic. I mean, they enjoy being beaten. And they come in every Sunday for their weekly beating. And when they leave feeling bad, they actually think that means they're feeling good. (laughs) So it's it's so backward. Well, it really is. Woe to you who call good evil and evil good. That's a a good point. Don, when you come here to Lawrence, Kansas, which – in April, it, it'll be very nice. Today, Good. it's 12 degrees outside. But in, 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 <laughs> it's 80 in Houston today. Yeah, man, I wish it was here. But when you come uh, the 24th to 26th of April, it's, the flowers will be in bloom. Everything will be green. It'll be nice. You'll love being here. I know the people will love you. You're going to talk about manifesting as sons of God. And what... Uh, don't, I'm not asking for um, a theological exposition of what you're going to talk about, but what can people expect in how they interact with you, how they relate to you, how they hang out with you? What what can they look forward to? How will that look? Well, are you talking about when we're outside of the service, outside of the actual time that we're meeting? 
Yeah. 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 You know, I think it'll be just like you and I right now. I love to interact with people. I love to sit down over lunch or cup of coffee and just dialogue and, and share. I'm wide open to what people have to say, their, their point of view, their concept. I, I, I love it when people, when we're on the same spiritual wavelength, we may be a little bit different place, but if our heart is in pursuit of the Christ, if we're in pursuit of the things of God, then we have a lot to talk about. So to hang out with me, I mean, to give you an idea, I usually have four lunches a week with people just because I like to, mm. to spend time with people and, and interact and talk and listen. So mm. that's right in my wheelhouse. And I'm, I'm looking forward in the time I'm in Lawrence, especially if some of our Facebook friends are there to getting to, to meet yeah. some of these people in person, get to meet your mm. people in person, just spend mm. some time together under no pressure of a meeting, but just sharing. I can, I visualize like Jesus and the disciples sitting around a table talking about what they just had experienced or what they'd gone through, they yeah. strengthen one another, encourage one another. And I think that's as important as the meetings, to be honest with you. Yeah, I do too. And I knew the answer to that because I've spent some time with you doing that before, but I just wanted people to sure. get a, a picture and an idea. I've never seen you as be one who comes in on a limousine, stays backstage, speaks, <laughs> leaves, and uh, doesn't interact with anybody. <laughs> no, I, I love the interaction. I think that's that's part of what we're all about. And really, you know, it's it's not difficult. It's not a strain. Yeah. I mean, it really is who we are. Mm. If you have Steve come to town or back, anybody, they're, they're yeah. going to re- interact with people. That's our business. I mean, we're, we're people. That's a, yeah. We're people. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and as Baxter would say, we're going to have a large time. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, as we finish up, I want to say, Don, thanks so much for taking the time to do this and to uh, share your life with me and so many other people in so many ways and continuing to do that. And thanks for being on the podcast. And before we finish, and and again, I want to remind people that you'll be here in Lawrence, April 24th to 26th, and there won't be any charge uh, for you uh, to people uh, for coming. Uh, We'll take a a love offering uh, for you at the different times there. And we're all going to have, it's just going to be a really special time together. And so I want to remind people of that. And in the meantime, tell people how they can hear you each week and how they can connect with you. Well, you can connect with me every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time on my website, donkeithley.com. And at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, if you go to the website, you'll see a click on an arrow that says play and it'll take you to a fresh teaching that starts every Sunday at 10 a.m. Flows off my website. And usually at 10 o'clock, I post it on Facebook. And also usually put it on the Don Keithley Ministries page. But for some of you that want to hit it right at 10, you can go over to the the website, donkeithley.com, and just hit the play arrow. And the new teaching for that day will be at that time. Then what we do on Wednesday night is we take the Sunday teaching and we take it a little deeper. There's some points of it that stick out. We'll spend our time on that. Usually we do about 45 minutes on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. And I just moved that from my Facebook page, personal page, over to the Don Keithley Ministry page on Facebook. So if you haven't joined Don Keithley Ministries, come on over, join. I'll get you in. It's a private group. It's a safety place where you can post and comment without trolls looking for you or uh, pushing back or arguing with you. It's a safe place to post and watch the Wednesday Night Live on that page and uh, get to connect maybe with some other people. I think we've got about 4,000 people on that page right now. 
and there's a lot of interaction. So I really enjoyed the Wednesday night a lot. It's very personal. People can comment back and forth to one another. It's been it's been helpful in our our development, I think, in this walk that we're in. So Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Wednesday night, 8 a.m. Central Time. Thanks. And I, I encourage everybody, as, as I do, to be involved in both of those. And to uh, you have a place on both of those. You hardly ever mention this, but where people can support you financially. And I know that you're not gainfully employed anymore. And I know what it takes to do this kind of thing. And so I encourage people to take the opportunity to do that, too. Thanks again, Don, for being with us these last two weeks. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. I hope you ask me back sometime. Will do. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to another episode of Grace to All with Paul Gray. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.